listening to She's Got Drive podcast, the podcast that inspires women to be the driver in their own life through the life and stories of black women who drive. And I'm your host, Shirley McAlpine. I'm a business consultant, an executive coach, and a leadership facilitator, working with people and organizations to live their lives by design and not default. Welcome back to another episode of She's Got Drive. I am at the Apollo, the historic Apollo Theatre, And today I'm going to be interviewing Camilla Forbes, who's the executive producer at the Apollo. I'm always excited to to be with my guests. And, you know, when I met Camilla for the first time a number of months ago, she's so lovely and and such a wonderful woman in it just to be around her. I'm, you know, I really am looking forward to sitting down with her and just exploring a little bit about her background and how she ended up at the Apollo. Before I tell you a little bit about her, I just want to remind you um, to head over to iTunes, rate and review the show. I am getting uh, so many lovely messages. I think I might start to do shout out messages, you know, the messages that I'm getting each week. The last one manifesting the life that you want is getting, there's a number of messages coming through of how people are re-listening to it and getting a lot from it. It just warms my soul to know that you're listening to the podcast, you're taking the learnings from it and you are applying it and then sending it out to your friends so that they can benefit from the lessons too. So please share the show, continue to share the show, rate and review the show. The show is growing and I have got some amazing women coming your way. It's yeah. So keep it going. Keep it going. So let's come back. So I'm here at the Apollo and I'm about to meet Camilla and I just want to like walk you through her bio or some of her bio. To be honest, I can't, I'm not going to tell you everything about her and I just want you to discover her through the interview. Camilla, as I said, is, is, is currently the executive producer at the, at the Apollo Theatre, and she'll, she'll explain what that is in terms of her role. But she is formerly the co or currently, she's the co founder and art- artistic of director of High Arts, which is she's an award winning director and producer. And in her diverse body of work, she's been noted for having a strong commitment to the development of the creative works by, for, and about the hip hop generation. It has been said about her work that she has the ability to cast a vivid and evocative spell on both the national and international stage. She partnered with a friend of hers, an actor, Chadwick Boseman, and wrote a theatrical piece fusing the elements of her generation's sensibilities and um, thrust for social justice. And she's the one that, like, that work coined the term hip-hop theatre. A year later, the Hip-Hop Theatre Festival was born. And uh, over the last 16 years, she has led the hip-hop theater festival as it has grown from a fledgling project into something that is now a non-profit organization with a national scope it's been presented in new york san francisco dc and chicago it's featured uh, about 100 artists from around the globe including brazil england canada as well as the united states 
other projects that she's worked on. She produced What's Going On, the 40th anniversary celebration of Marvin Gaye's Conversation with America. And that featured John Legend as Marvin Gaye, Sharon Jones as Tammy Terrell. She also worked on the award-winning series Russell Simons Presents Deaf Poetry on HBO. She was an executive producer on the Brave New Voices documentary series on HBO. And she also was the executive produce, producer for the PBS special, The Women's List. She's got numerous accolades and awards, including a Tony Award, the Mayor's Arts Award for Emerging Artists, the NAACP Image Award. You can see the breadth of her experience. So you can hear my excitement as I'm about to go and interview her. And so... I'm not going to say any more, but over to Camilla. So thank you so much for being on She's Got Drive and uh, sitting in the guest chair this week. Hi. I am excited <laughs> to have you here. Totally. I am so excited um, that you even asked me because, like I said, I've been listening and getting inspired. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, Wow. Now I'm in the chair, oh my gosh. Now you're in the chair, now you're in the chair. Well, you're so inspirational. Let's start by um, you sharing with our listeners what you do. Sure, sure. Because you've got a stonking job. Yes. (laughs) Okay. And... um, and then how are you doing it? And, yeah. you know, when you arrived yeah. and something about, you know, totally. life before here. Right now I'm the executive producer of the Apollo Theatre. Um, so what that means is that I'm in charge of all of the programming, everything that happens on the stage. It's an exciting opportunity. I've only been here a year. I celebrated my first year anniversary in September. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of a big deal because this is my first time kind of landing in an institution mm-hmm. full time year round. I've always been a freelancer consultant okay. or had my own organization um, and by own I mean very small grassroots three to four employees at best <laughs> so it's a very different kind of model right mm-hmm. that I've been used to working in or as a freelancer as a freelance director where I am you know leading the creative team and I come in I swoop in eight weeks we do the show it's fabulous it opens <laughs> it runs for 12 weeks and I fly off to right. the next. <laughs> right. so it's a different it, definitely a different kind of life um, prior to also coming here so I directed a lot regionally I did a lot of work on Broadway as well I, I've worked on probably about maybe seven Broadway shows Wow. Um, in addition to producing television prior I, I was executive producer of a series with HBO um, called Deaf Poetry Jam I worked executive produced a spin-off documentary series also with HBO called Brave New Voices um, I executive produced produced a documentary with PBS called Women's List, which um, highlighted fabulous, inspirational women (laughs) (laughs) from all different walks of life, familiar, familiar. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, that's that's still on PBS. So so, um, my my path has been really, um, I think it's been almost like a patchwork quilt. Mm -hmm. But quite frankly, all roads lead here because in this role, I get to really kind of lead the artistic and creative direction of a presenting and performing arts institution. So bringing sort of that live theater experience. with addition that, you know, we have an extremely strong brand here at the Apollo that exists many different places. We have media and television, you know, exploits right. um, that I'm constantly looking for. Well, how do we grow this? How do we grow the brand in this space? Uh-huh. Um, what are those strategic partnerships and or alliances that we need to, to continue to grow this brand? So, so it's exciting. It's exciting. A lot of possibility. Yeah. So when, when you talk about having been so um, previously, like, freelance... And um, and then coming into an organization where yeah. this is where you are. Right. right. I, I mean, 
It is the Apo- the Apollo, sure. and there's lots of Apollos around the world, but sure. they're not. That's we're not talking about. We're not talking about those Apollos. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about the, the Apollo, Apollo. That's right. in Harlem. So, what is what? What was the thing that had you say yes? I'm going to go in this direction when you when you'd been a. The word butterflies come into mind. I don't yeah, know why, totally. but you've been a butterfly. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. and now you're just like you you're in one place. Well, um, I think that, um, you know, prior to this, I would curate with other large organizations. So I would curate with the Kennedy Center. But right. I could come in and sort of drop some creative gems and then leave. Right. Um, and, you know, and, and that was exciting. And it's, I love the freedom. I like not staying in one place because um, it keeps things exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, well, two things, I think. It was an opportunity to grow roots to really actually see and um, establish um, change and mm-hmm. actually su- sustain it all the way through. Right. Create a program and actually carry it out. That's something exciting mm. um, for me. Um, it's a different kind of excitement um, over a longer period of time. The other, the other piece of it is that I had a baby last year. Right. And so, um, you know, being, you know, the kind of lifestyle that I was leading of being in a city for weeks and then moving and then this and that, I, I, not to say that it couldn't be done because it absolutely could be done. Right. But when this opportunity came up, I had to kind of weigh all odds and yes. say, you know what, it might make sense to be in New York <laughs> with my family, with my child and my husband for a little bit. A little bit of <laughs> time, bit of time, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> More than four weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think all of those decisions led me to say, you know what, this is the right time. It's the right place, and it's where I should be. Yeah, that's good. And the other thing that I, you know, because the um, the Apollo's experienced a, a re- kind of renaissance over the Absolutely. last four or five years since that's Janelle's right. been that's around. Right. That's right. That's and right. so you know to be a part of that that's re- right. renaissance that's that's a, and that's what was so exciting also right because you know everyone everyone knows the brand this is almost a hundred year institution I mean we've been around for 85 years no way 85 years the Apollo has been in existence um, and so in a lot of different forms and right station the last 10 years has been a really concerted effort from Janelle and from our board of mm-hmm. moving us in the direction of, as a performing arts center and not just a music roadhouse. Um, so that's really expanding the aesthetic reach. And to me, I see that as a blank canvas. You right. know, as a director, that's exciting to say, wow, okay, now I can be a part of creating and establishing what this institution does next. Yes. And putting a real artistic and creative stamp on it. Yes. Um, and that's what's exciting to me. Yeah, of course, because it's really like the long term, like a hit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think when you have children, speaking of someone who's had a child, children, yeah. um, you start to have your attention on a different kind of That's future right. beyond your own life, That's don't you? That's exactly it. Yeah. And you want to have different kind of impact. Like, right. I, I tell people, you know, what we're doing now, this is not for us. I'm, I'm not concerned with having, you know, great reviews today. What I'm concerned with is creating a work that people are talking about, that my grandchildren talk right. about. I'm, I'm concerned with making generational impact, not right. just impact for the next three weeks. Right. And I, you know, we've, this has come up in different parts in this, in She's Got Drive, but also in my work with clients, you know, when mm. we have a compelling future mm. that drives us mm. in our daily action because mm. life isn't always in the moment mm. great you know we have mm. challenges in our work we have frustrations mm. and stuff but when we have a compelling future like that beyond like a big horizon that's right it's as it, it it can it enlivens us even that's in the right. moments where we when we're most challenged that's exactly right yeah i mean you know i always ask um 
you know, particularly being in a nonprofit organization, mm-hmm. my first question, and quite frankly, any organization, what are we fighting for every day? Mm. Like, what are we, and using that language, we've got to be super clear what we're fighting for. Right. Because the ups and downs of working in a performing arts center or a nonprofit, whatever it is, it's going to be tough. Yes. But we've got to keep our eye on the prize and it be compelling. Um, and it's got to be, otherwise, why are we here? <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a metaphor for life, though, isn't it? It's, it's, it's so true. So true. Particularly now. I can't, every week, I can't tell you. Every week, I kind of go, particularly now. Yeah. This metaphor for that's, life, you know, right. how, what keeps us going, what, what keeps, keeps us, us going. What keeps us going. Let's talk about, um, I'm curious about your notion of success mm. and how would you define success? Oof. What does that mean? For you. It's a big question. That is such a big question because I still, you know, um, I, it, it's funny because I, I, you know, we, and particularly in arts, we're very self-congratulatory, right? <laughs> happy opening, happy closing, happy, <laughs> there's all, all these opening party, closing party, uh, constantly celebrating, right? right. Um, what does that really mean? What does success mean? Mm. I don't know. You know, I got congratulations when I got this job and I, and I said, please don't tell me that. Um, because I'm terrified. Because it's not about getting the job. Um, you know, you get congratulations from presenting. Wow, that's the vision for where we're going. Don't tell me that. Because I'm terrified. Right. The point is, it's not about arriving toward the place. Yes. It's about the dirty work that has to be done when you're there. Mm. It's about, you know, moving through the trenches. Um, so so I don't I don't know what success means within that context mm-hmm. just yet mm. um you know and, and maybe success is the, the 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 maintaining on the day-to-day um in midst the muck of the fight of the struggle of trying to move towards your vision maybe that's success um yeah. I, I just feel like we have to reframe what success actually means mm-hmm. um because you know there's there's a point in even here you know where, where we get frustrated of um of you know well we didn't we didn't sell out the show we didn't sell but that's not that's not our end goal so what right. is our end goal let's right. get really clear let's reframe what success means for us mm-hmm. um, what the kind of impact we want to have and um, and reframe the conversation of success I, I'm still in that conversation so yeah I said this is what's interesting is as well when you said there's two when you got the job and you got congratulations yeah. and when you um like had that vision yeah it's just like don't tell me that i'm terrified yeah. maybe that's one of the signs is that yeah. one of the signs yes that maybe. am i am i on a, am i on a road to success yeah. am i playing the game for success yeah. when i'm yeah. so challenged that maybe. i'm terrified maybe you know then i know it's maybe. a big enough maybe. thing for me that's maybe that's it i think i had this quote Wait, is it oh maybe oh yeah yeah, do one thing every day that scares you. Uh, I do maybe 15. <laughs> so with that success, hey, I am swimming yeah, in it. Yeah, <laughs> do one thing every day that scares, that scares you. you. Because I think, you know, coming back to the original point, well, what are we fighting for? Right. What is the fight? Why are we here? Because um, it's not just for the congratulatory pat on the back. I don't think that's it. No. Um, you know, so, um, so yeah, maybe that, that hmm. Mm. what was your what was the notion of um success as you were growing up you know if mm. you think about you need know, to tell us a little bit more about sure. you growing up and what was the family conversation about oh. being successful and what success well i'll tell you this so i grew up in a very 
um, a Caribbean household. Both my parents are from Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Um, and so growing up, and, and they, so I'm first generation American. They came to this country. My mother, um, you know, put herself through medical school, um, became a doctor. My father's an engineer. So they were very much like, okay, so here's the path. We, we came here for a better life, and this is the path that you're going to go on. And, uh, you know, then I'm like, great. Yeah, I want to go in the arts. I want to be an actor. I want to be a director. And they had I, no concept of what that meant. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm just like, Are of Caribbean parents. <laughs> Your flashback, right? I'm totally, I wanted to go into fashion design. Oh, and my geez. mom was a seamstress. She was like, um. No, that's no. Yeah, that's not happening. No, that's not Like, we, we no. 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 No, you're not going to sew. You know, it was just like, that wasn't happening. So That's I hear so you. Funny. Wow. Because they lay out like they gave me piano lessons. What did you think? You took me to the theater. What did yes. you think was going to happen? Um, but, you know, yeah, no, that wasn't, that wasn't a sign of success for them. Right. Um, it was about economic stability. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, I think as a younger person, I, I fought that. I said, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. That's foolishness I don't live against those rules I want to create a different vision for the world you know until I really got out there it was like, oh this doesn't pay me yeah that's right oh this is oh, what they were talking about this is what they were talking about like I have five jobs on top of all the theater stuff that I'm doing oh okay um so you know I I, I understand I, I understand more of what they were also talking about was this opportunity of equity and mm-hmm to be in a country in which um, there was an opportunity for um, economic success, but, um, uh, but, but equity among sex. So mm-hmm. now you have the opportunity to, to get a job and make X, Y, Z, to buy a home and put your kids through school, um, that it, certain advantages in you know, developing countries are not as plentiful. You know? right. so, so I get that, from, mm-hmm. particularly from a social justice standpoint. Um, yeah, it's critical, isn't it's critical. it? It's yeah. critical. And um, as much as I wanted to, I thought they were living in a box. Um, I, I quite understand now how much of a, you know, pioneering thinking mm-hmm. that, you know, that it must have taken them to leave their country, you know, to, to go to a of foreign course. place, to start over. Um, so, you know, I appreciate that now. Um, so I have a little bit in that, uh, you know, that, that sort of sits, I think, in the... the build sort of the tapestry of who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, so for them, me getting a job <laughs> every day <laughs> that pays me a proper salary was like, that's yes. in a place that they know that they've heard of. Yes. Like the Apollo yeah. was like, oh, finally. Finally, <laughs> she's grown up and she's got herself a proper job. Exactly. I was like, well, mom, you know, I worked with HBO. I worked <laughs> on Broadway. Right. I worked here. She's like, yeah, but this is security. This is every day, yeah. <laughs> is, you know, and so that that's important to them, mm-hmm. um, and I understand that. Yeah, I, understand. I, you know, I it reminds me when I was growing up as well, similar things, and and that my parents who say, "You see, your education, no one can ever take that away from that's you." Right. That's right. And and how important it was for to us to have a house that we owned. That's right. a dad, you know, mum yeah. saved up, and you know, they had a house we yeah. lived in. And, and how much of that was taught to us about how you can get security, right. having a place to live, That's right. That's and right. what that does as a foundation for you. That's so, right. Right. yeah, it's yeah. a, it's a, yeah. I understand. It, was a it's, it was a, it's a challenging in the moment when you're young, but yeah. as you yeah. get older, yeah. you do see the wisdom of the wisdom. Absolutely. <laughs> 
it's it is true wisdom um you know because it taught me to think about money differently it taught mm-hmm. me to think about security differently um, longevity legacy what that means differently you know um, particularly now having a family um, where then it was like oh it's just me i don't have to think about that that's boring um which no it's critical yeah now you've got your little your little one running yeah, around exactly. yeah like oh hold on yeah. it does actually help to have a house it does. to it live does. in it does. It and know where my next paycheck's coming from exactly um if you looked at all your work today yeah what's been the biggest challenge you've had here or any in the work that you've done since you started working wow if you, what comes to mind when I think your biggest challenge, what would it be? Mm. So my biggest challenge, um, and I'm going to speak in the context of leadership. Mm-hmm. My biggest challenge in the context of leadership is coming to the recognition that um, as a leader, the most powerful thing I could bring to the role is myself. Mm. I always thought there were other tools that I had to learn, that I had to master, ways of speaking, ways of being, um, ways of conducting business, um, but not realizing, oh, wait a second, no, actually, I have that. Mm -hmm. It is me that has to show up. It is the authenticity of voice that has to, and that's what people follow. That's how you create followership, is being present and being comfortable in that presence, yes. being comfortable in that skin, um, you know, versus any other extraneous. And, and that took, you know, and I'm still learning that, mm-hmm. um, even in this role, um, because like I said, this is a, a much, this is a much larger organization, um, and still, yet still get a small organization, but a large organization with very big optics. So the question is, okay, well, who do I have to be in this role? Mm. It's like, oh, wait. I just have to be me. You just have to be I have to be me and trust that it will be enough. Mm. Yeah. I think that's probably the biggest and hardest lesson to learn. That's such a a great lesson to learn, though, Mm -hmm. and an important lesson. You know, a lot of my work in my executive coaching is is in that, is Mm. in leaders discovering Mm. who they are. Mm and finding more of who you are. Mm. And the question is, how do you want to show up here? Mm-hmm. And we show up, um, like in different contexts, you know, you mm-hmm. can show up differently because it's mm-hmm. what's the context required. Mm-hmm. So what is it, who's the leader that you are in this context and how does that need to That's show right. up? And That's then right. what is that more and more of you That's right. and discovering what that is That's versus right. trying to be trying to be this other thing this other thing of what you should be and which is often what happens you know you know i I was reading biographies and well this is how i need to be and this is how i need to be and this is how i need to conduct my day and uh and it's not to say that you don't learn from other people or learn lessons because i think there's lessons but but know that um you know it's like clothing you try it on and see if it fits nice um but it's not necessarily you know wearing someone else's clothes exactly (laughs) they've still got a fit and there's lots of different i love see that's such a great analogy yeah 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 yeah. because you can you go in and there's lots of different modes of leadership so you know and it might be in fashion to wear tartan but does tartan look good on you yeah you know what i mean is that for every day is that for every day a monday 
Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Wednesday, I'm going to wear this. Yeah. And it's still me, though. Yeah. It's still me. And that's that's the comfortability I, piece of it, which I think I'm still learning and kind of settling with mm-hmm. it. That, okay, this is still me. This is not uh, This is not someone's completely foreign for me. persona that I'm yeah that you're trying to inhabit you're you're inhabiting you Uh in the different contexts and the different things that's needed from you that's it yeah that's it yeah that is such a great lesson Mm. some leaders never learn that lesson I am still in progress yeah Yeah. well it's always a work in progress I think I always feel like if you ever get to a place where you think you've arrived Good luck with that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like that is a, that. Then there's a pitfall that's gonna come right. after that. You know, if I I remember when I was quite young, I got a, a director role in a not for profit, and I thought I'd arrived. Mm. I was like, woohoo! Mm. That was like the worst job I ever job job experience I ever ended up having. And part of that was, I mean, there was something about the context and the challenges, yeah. but part was because I actually thought I had arrived. You know, and my home, there was a being that came with that yeah. that didn't really work. Yeah, yeah. I can look back with the yeah. with my grey hairs now and yeah. look at that and go, yeah. oh, God, oh, really? Did yeah. I do that? Yeah, 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 yeah I did. did. Yeah, yeah. I, I did. Yeah. But I know more now. I know mm. better now. Mm. And then if you had to um, look at your biggest accomplishment, what would it be? I know this is so, I mean, you know what, and I used to hear women say this all the time, and I would say, oh my God, you're right. But I would say being a mother. Mm. Um, I, You know, and it's so funny, because I, and I would always say, that's what you're supposed to say. Acknowledge. But it is, like, there is, there is such wonderment, in, and, 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 fear, like true fear mm-hmm. in the fact that this little person, I am responsible for her. Right. I'm responsible for everything wonderful that comes out of her, and I'm responsible for every wrong turn she makes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of, and and that's, there's such wonderment in that. So right. for me, it's it's fascinating. Like, I, I'm, the birthing process was wonderful. I, uh, it was, um, uh, you know what? That's a big accomplishment. I did it with no drugs. Wow. Eight, 24 hours of labor. Love that. And was like, and I felt that was the strongest I think that I've ever felt mm-hmm. was the fact that, wow, okay, this is, I'm going to, and nothing against women who do it with drugs and, right. or have any other kind of birthing experience. I, you know, give it up um, for sure. But there's something about that then clued me in that if I can do this, I can do anything in this yes. world and nothing can stop me. I literally pushed a human out of my body. Right. And and watching my husband, who is super brilliant, he's super strong, super smart, he's so helpless. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know what to do. Oh, my God, I can't believe you're doing this. Right. Like, you know, and, um, and, and he was so helpful in the process. But, you know, that it was that moment where I said, you know what? Nothing can shake me. Nothing can stop me. I can do anything. It is a it is a very profound experience, isn't it? Wow. I've had I've had both. I've had I've yeah. had push the baby out, yeah. and then I've had a cesarean, yeah. the second yeah. one. Um, and it is this this yeah. moment, yeah, where yeah. you yeah, when it happens, and yeah. you're like, oh, yeah, 
Yeah. I totally do. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, and you know, and I think it's 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 more metaphoric, right? right? But it's a whole motherhood process. Like I created life. Yeah. And and even even if I was adopting this, I am giving life to this little person. Mm-hmm. That is my job. So I, I feel as though then, um, just metaphorically, because that happened, I nothing can stop. Nothing can stop me. Nothing is above me. Nothing is out of my reach. Mm. And so for me, that was sort of the biggest accomplishment that has now has me being able to vision even larger than I ever thought I could. Right. Because there's nothing. There's no limit. We because you couldn't. You because on the. Before you give birth, you can't imagine that ha- no. the happening no. of it. No. And then afterwards, you look at... And yeah. even afterwards, as you look back at yourself, you're like, I did that. I did that, yes. Yeah, there is I, a... I, I, I grew that. I grew that. <laughs> I birthed it out. I pushed it out. And I'm now every responsible for, oh, she learned mommy because I taught her. Right. She reads because I showed her. Like I am, I am crafting. I'm molding this little life, and if I can do that, I can do anything. Yes. Nothing. Done. Yes. Done. Check. I can do everything. So, I don't, yeah. So that's, that's definitely really fired me up. I could go on about, but I have birth is another passion of mine. Like human yeah. rights around birth and how birth ah. happens, and it's a piece of work that I do with. Um, and I think we got into that a bit when I had Kimberly Seals Alice on the show. Because okay. okay. we uh, we can wax lyrical on the yeah. whole thing. And that, that how important it is as women get empowered in that, in that process and how that, you know, given how birth happens in the US, how women can be robbed of that, particularly oh women of color. Constantly. Yeah. And the, the challenges, the real Constantly. life threatening challenges that, of that happen in that space and for the babies as well. So. Yeah, so the empowerment, the profoundness of it, and then the kind of like, the kind of Wonder Woman that emerges. Absolutely. (laughs) I mean, I I mean, I still feel that talking about it, I still feel it because it was, I mean, it it was like the next couple weeks after. I mean, I felt, I literally physically felt stronger. Mm -hmm. I felt like I can pick up tables and throw them across the room. Right, right, right. You know, mentally, it was a mental game. Process of yes. was mentally having to put myself in a very different kind of state of mind um, to labor through contractions, you know, again, applicable to so many different points mm-hmm. in life. Like, okay, nothing can shake me. Yes, I'm having problems with, you know, leading my group right now or there's conflict in my group. Okay, how can I now put myself in a different state of mind? Again, mm-hmm. I think that, that whole process has been so, is so applicable right now for. For applying it to yeah many different points of life right now. Yeah, the yeah the mental because uh, leadership uh, leadership and the work that we do is um is is so much of the conversation that we're having with ourselves. That's right. That's Success right. is so much the conversation right. that we're having with ourselves. That's and right. what is the conversation that that's we're having right. with ourselves? And is it right. one that's gonna allow us to go beyond where we are right now, or that's is it right. one that's gonna get in the way of us that's where right. we are right now? That's right. Yeah. It's a conversation with yourself, right? So, I mean, using the metaphor of a contraction, um, you know, it could be the, you know, most difficult mm-hmm. pain that you feel in your in your um, life, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, or in your body. Or, quite frankly, you could reframe the conversation and say, actually, no, this is part of the process. It's not difficult at all. My body was meant to do this. Yes. I just need to slow myself down and breathe through it. Right. 
now I've completely flipped the dynamics. Right. And leadership is a part of that, right? Yes. You know, I had to have a conversation like that this morning where, you know, someone is, you know, feeling as though they're in the midst of chaos. And it's like, well, let's reframe what's actually happening. Mm. Is it really, is it chaos right now at this moment? Is it going to be chaos on Monday? Or is this moving us to a different point? Right. Of growth. Right. Of, so, you know, that's, that's, yeah. Yeah. That has helped. I encourage everyone to have babies. <laughs> have babies. Push it out. Be a Wonder Woman. And only women should be leaders. No, yeah, just, yeah, no, yeah. No, we need the balance. We need the we balance. We do, we do. Yeah, we'd like to get we more need, balance. We, like to, we need more balance, and that's the We'd problem. like to get more that's balance. Hello. That is the problem. One of the, one of the, my visions for the podcast is we can have more women see the yeah. possibility yeah, 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 yeah. and get through the barriers because yeah. the barriers are there. That's it. That's it. And, but how do we get through the barriers? And it's on us. That's it. That's right. I used to really want to, and I did, I did a lot of work with organizations on how do you remove the barriers? What yeah. do you need to do? How do you yeah. be in a more empowered environment? Yeah. 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 All of that stuff, yeah. which is all needed and all, all necessary. good, all necessary. It's not, it's not moving fast enough. Yes, it's yeah. not moving fast enough. And so how do, it's on us. Yeah, That's is. where I kind of went, I turned the finger. I went, oh, no. Yeah, we gotta make it happen. We've got to make it happen. Mm-hmm. We've got to make it happen. What would you say to, if you had, you might have some men- mentees now, mm-hmm. but if you had a woman in front of you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and to say how she, mm-hmm. we, ought to make it happen. What do you think are the key things that need to be mm-hmm. taken on by women, mm-hmm. by women of color, by black women today? Mm. If um, you could resolve it, it would be really great for all of us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So what would I say to a mentee? Yeah. Two things. Um, well, the three things I would say, be easy on yourself. Mm. Self-care, self-love. I think a lot of times, you know, particularly as women, there's a lot dynamically and, and, and socially, particularly because of the way that we're raised, um, as women of color, where there's an assumption of she will take care of it, she will handle it, she will get it done. Mm. Um, and that's a lot of pressure. And I think it's important that we learn when to say, okay, you know what, I need to take care of myself. I need to do X, I need to do Y, and it's okay. Mm. Right. So that's number one. Um, number two, I think um, knowing that listening, particularly, you know, at, and, and, and at, at any stage, but specifically younger women, um, there's always a need for younger women and people in general um, to want to prove. Um, and listening is probably one of the strongest assets that you can have in a room. And don't think that sometimes I always I always look for who's the quietest person in the room okay um, and and not to say that that's a point of passivity I think that's a very sort of patriarchal thinking because we're always taught that the loudest person and the one speaking the most must know the most right and I don't believe that at right. all um, so I think it's about how are you listening how are you observing how are you pulling all of the information and there's power in listening mm-hmm. and that's that's a lesson i think know that there's power in listening how are you observing the people in the room how are you um observing yourself in the room mm-hmm. um yeah I, I, and 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 know that listening is a great skill because that's how you learn 
I think a lot of young leaders feel as though I'm just going to get in there, I'm going to talk, I'm going to show how much I know. Right. And really, you haven't learned a thing. And it shows more naivete than anything else. Number two, and, and number three, um, if you're in the room, know that you're meant to be there. Oh, that's a big one. You're in the room, um, know that you're meant to be there. And it was no mistake. Right. I think, uh, you know, and that's, that's a confidence builder. I mean, I think we, we always second guess. Oh, my gosh, how did I get this job? Yes. Oh, my, am I here? Oh, you know, I hope they don't find out that I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> you're meant to be there. Right. You're meant to be there. So when did you learn that lesson? I'm, I'm curious still about that. I'm still learning. You still have it. Oh you have God. to self-talk yourself sometimes day. when you're in that. Every day. Right. I'm always like, oh my God, they're going to find out I'm a complete fraud and I don't know what I'm doing. Just wait. <laughs> my favorite um, quote, or not my favorite, one of my favorite, I have many, is James Baldwin. Mm. Your crown has already been paid for. That's right. All you have to do is put it on. That's right. Yeah, and it reminds me of that. Yeah. And I, yeah, that... Oh, I have to put that on. Like yeah, that. that when you're... So how did you say, when you're in the room, yeah. you're meant to be there. You're meant to be you there. You know that you're meant to be That's there. That's it. That's it. And you fought to get in that room. And you fought, remember. Huh. Remember. Isn't it a funny thing? Because sometimes mm. we fight so hard to get in the room, of course, because we always talk about, you know, do you have a seat at the table? Yeah. And then when you're at the table, you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm I here. I can't believe I'm here. And then I must not meant to be here. They probably didn't mean to give it to me. No, they meant to give it to you. Right. You're meant to be there. Yeah, that's right. right. Oh, I love that Baldwin quote. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I and have so that sometimes as well, you know, or I walk away and someone says, I'll connect you with someone. So and you think, Really? Are you serious? Gonna... And it's like, of course. How did... Really? You're going to get yeah. that person to me? And it's like, yeah, you're meant to be you're there. To the be. other thing that it makes me think about is when we are in those spaces and you're meant to, when there's like ease at which mm. we arrive in some spaces mm. as well, how that, that mm. also tells me mm. that I'm supposed to be in that mm. space. Does That's that mean when there's totally. like flow? Totally, and... totally. Um, you know, I so believe that, you know, I, I love to do things with grace and ease. Mm. Um, I think that if it, if it happens that way, it was meant to be. And sometimes if things are too like, you know what, this, this might not be our space. Let's just take a step back. If it's too difficult. Yes. When it's too, it's like, maybe this isn't it. Maybe this isn't it. With, I have, um, I interviewed this woman called Ellen Burton who was talking about manifesting. Mm. And one of the things she said, if it's torturous. Yeah, yeah. Not hard work, because yeah. we work hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if it's torturous, maybe it's not then maybe it's be. not for you. And you know what? And it's having the gumption to be like, you know what? Let me step back. This mm. isn't for me. I'm not going to do it. Mm. not going to do it. Because, you know, so much of us, we're wired to say, um, um, oh, my God, I finally made it. It was so hard to get here. I had to struggle, la, 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 la. When actually, you know what? No, I don't, I don't buy into that. I, yeah. I don't think it's always about to struggle. I don't think it has to always be that hard. It no. doesn't. Challenging, yes. Challenging, yes. But not like, well, as, said, as Ellen says, torturous. No. It doesn't have no. to be torture. No, no, no. It doesn't have to be torture. No. No. Um, I love that. Is are those the same things that you would say to the younger you? Absolutely, all of it, okay. and probably more. <laughs> We'd have three-hour conversations if I could just get my younger self to sit still for a little bit. Yeah, to stay stay still long enough. And what would what's next? What are you up to next? What's um, the thing that's 
coming over the horizon that you're most excited about? That I'm most excited about, honestly, is this institution and building it. Mm. Um, is building it to its greatness. Um, and, you know, the Apollo Theater is, is, is um, in regards to performing arts centers, focused on the African-American and African diasporic, we are the largest and, and as a nonprofit. In the country? In the country. Wow. In the of country. Of course. I mean, think. what what Who else? That's focused on, on African-American right. performing arts. So we have a responsibility. And can you just say more? Mm. Because when you say performing, because obviously there is, um, the Apollo as an institution has a very distinct kind of brand and what comes to mind when we think about the Apollo, but it's much broader than that, mm-hmm. isn't it? When you say the performing arts, what, sure. is, what is it that you want to... So for instance, you know, this most, this, and this season kind of is telling, we, we, we just um, had a fantastic opera. Um, by directed by Bill T. Jones, who did Spring Awakening and Fela mm-hmm. on Broadway, um, and his Love famed Fela. choreographer Bill T. Jones was a director and choreographer of this piece. We shall not be moved. Mark Bamuti Joseph, who's a a lauded um, uh, performing arts performing artist and mm-hmm. spoken word artist, he's also lead curator at Yerba Buena Center. He wrote the libretto, and Daniel Bernard. Romain, who's a fantastic composer, and the they all came together around a specific theme and content um, called uh, that was inspired by the Move organization in Philadelphia. Move organization was a Black Panther esque organization um, that in 1995 suffered a horrific bombing by the Philadelphia city government. Um, ultimately, the Philadelphia city police and and several of the members were at a standoff. The police ended up bombing a city block. Killing in 1995. 1985. 1985. Really. And and wow. um, it was uh, literally the, the the city block burned to the ground while 11 people were killed inside. Um, national news coverage about this event and nobody was held accountable. So there was an opera that was made um, that we co-commissioned with Opera Philadelphia um, and the Hackney Empire in the UK. Um, called We Shall Not Be Moved. Right. Um, that was inspired by that particular incident. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That sends chills down yeah. me. So, as so you describe them. Yeah. So it's important work. It speaks to the condition of our time. Yes. Um, the over policing of our neighborhoods. Um, so it's 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 extremely valuable and important work. Um, that uses many different aesthetic um, inspirations. Right. Mm-hmm. It's dance. It's movement. It's opera. It's voice. It's music. It's it, it, it. The music had influences of classical, jazz, and blues and hip hop. Um, of the musical score. So um, what we're moving towards is not just boxing ourselves in as a music presenter or as a music hall in which, you know, the Motown greats did a stop and and knew when they they played the Apollo, they had arrived. I mean, that's still part of our legend and part of our legacy. Um, But what it's about now is how do we become the, you know, performing arts with African-American art? Um, community moving forward, um, mm-hmm. housing a home for artists and audiences and innovation. That's what we're moving towards. I love that. Mm. Yeah, that is so inspiring. It's exciting. It is exciting <laughs> and necessary. And you get to be critical in that journey. Very that's, critical. That's, so, like, when my I know my first question was like, how comes you stop doing what you're doing? Yeah. To come here, but then you yeah. want to say that, and you think, well. Yeah. It's a bit of a no-brainer, actually. Yeah. yeah. Like, why wouldn't you yeah. want to be a part of yeah. this? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <gasps> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm yeah. excited about some of the things that are coming on yeah. stream. Yeah, likewise. And, um, 
I'm really appreciative of you spending time oh with me. Oh my gosh, doing absolutely. This. I, you know, thank I'll you. come back again. I'll swing back again anytime. at some point in the anytime. future. Anytime. You know where I'm at, 125th Street. <laughs> I'm here every day. But I know this was awesome, Shirley. Thank you. Thank you. Deep appreciation to you. Yay. I hope that you've been inspired to shift gears in your own life. You can hear in there's so much again in the in this interview with Camilla. It was so lovely, as I said, to spend time with her. I was struck by the conversation that we were having about her notion of success, actually, and that the discovery that success for her is the degree of challenge that she's having in her current work. And if it if it terrifies her, if it challenges her enough, like she's in a she feels like she's in a successful space. So I love that. I love that. And the quote: "Do one thing every day that scares you. You know, do one thing every day that really challenges you, that has you stretch, that has you grow. Because what I know is, it's in those uncomfortable spaces that I know that I've grown the most." in my life you know in the space I don't grow when I'm really comfortable I grow when I'm challenged I grow when I'm stretched I grow when I put myself in new adventures and so I love that quote taking that quote on I'm curious to hear what you um, have taken away from the interview with Camilla what are the lessons that you have learned and that what resonated with you so please head over to my Instagram account and send me a message via that at Shirley McAlpine Consulting you can always send messages on the Facebook page for She's Got Drive too, you can comment there if you go to ShirleyMcAlpine.com you can send me a message via there or comment there on the podcast page She's Got Drive is produced by Cassandra Fortalina. the music is by the awesome female band Blonde Thank you again for listening. Until next time, go well and stay well.